0: Hi coaches, welcome back to another episode of the ITA College Tennis Coaches Podcast. I'm your host, ITA COO Dave Mullins. Congrats to all of you wrapping up your regular season play and good luck to those coaches and teams who are participating in postseason activities here in the coming weeks. Today my guest is Josh Molino, the head men's tennis coach at Kansas Wesleyan. He has spent the last five seasons laying the foundations for long-term success in the classroom, on the courts, and in the Salina community. In this podcast, we discuss the impact Josh's exposure to some of the best coaches and players in the world at a very early age had on his path to becoming a coach, why coaches should find time to volunteer their expertise, some fundraising strategies, plus a whole lot more.
1: Josh Molino, welcome to the ITA College Tennis Coaches podcast.
2: Thanks, Dave, for having me.
1: Yeah, it's uh, we've got to know each other a little bit over the last year or so. You're uh, in our mentorship program, you're on our operating committee, and uh, loved spending some time with you out there in Overland Park a few weeks ago for the NAIA Indoors, the first one ever, and we'll get into that uh, later in this podcast, but have a, a number of questions here I learned a little bit more about your background when I was out there and um, yeah I want to share more with the coaches because I think you have a very interesting story and uh, I think we can all learn a lot from you today so one of the things I learned about you when I was out there was that your your father was um, you know a a top coach to, to some of the best players in the world for a number of years, and can you talk about kind of what influence that had on you? Some things you've learned, how you've started applying some of those lessons, what advice you've taken from him through the years uh, that you apply to your program today?
2: Yeah, Dave. Well, thanks for having me. Um, we started indoor season with a bang, definitely. Uh, so great event, really, uh, really proud of all the teams that came to compete, um, and the facility and the. ITA committee, um, Lizzie and, and Zach and yourself being there were, were awesome. But yeah, uh, my father, Armand, he, he was a, a really good player. I, I want to say, I don't want to say great because we take that into, you know, uh, certain standards, but uh, played at Wake Forest, um, was one of the original guys down in Bradenton at Nick Volatieri, Um And so had a, a wealth of experience and, and um, he had the opportunity to work with some of the, the top players in the world at the time um, at the academy. Um, and then developed a relationship with with Aaron Crickstein and, and Jimmy Arias um, and then while up in Michigan, coach Amy Frazier. So, you know, some some great uh, players on the professional tour. And, uh, you know, I guess that was kind of um, built in the pedigree for me, you know, hearing about those stories, you know, being lucky enough to have a mentor who not was was just your father, but um, also, you know, one of the most impactful coaches in the game for a period of time. Um, he also spent some time with the USTA coaching the national team. So um, it's not just my father, uh, my mother, Susie. Um, she's been in the game for a long time. Uh, she's done really well with with her experience at the country club level um, and now has her own uh, tennis program down in, in the Florida Keys. So, um, you know, it's it's been kind of, uh, you know, I got lucky. It was built into the game plan. Um, I actually did not play in college. So I went the route of the athletics department, um, and thinking I was going to do a nine to five and uh, just felt my myself back into the coaching game and the love for the sport.
1: Mm. And do you regret not playing college tennis?
2: Uh, there's there's times that I do, definitely. you know I, I think that the skills that you can learn from teamwork and time management and and that competition factor you know would have been excellent for me to to try and go on and do. You know I played juniors in Florida, a very competitive South Florida circuit. Uh, in high school, so I, I really enjoyed the team aspect. And when I got back into coaching, you know, I felt like a part of me was alive again. You know, as far as the tennis goes. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, you know, so many great lessons learned from my parents and and the great coaches that I had down in uh, in South Florida. Um, Bill Clark, you know, out of uh, Cooper City, and uh, Pierre Arnold out of Pembroke Pines for a little bit. Then a guy Steve Shine. Um, out of West, and so those guys have developed world-class players um, for college and professional tennis.
1: And so, at, at a young age, were you around uh, observing what your parents were doing, or were you kind of playing yourself, or you know, <laughs> what was your exposure to it, and and what were some of those things that you were picking up? Is it, you know, their body language? Is it when they speak, when they don't speak? You know, how, what are some of those things that? I guess, maybe inspired you to now go into this profession?
2: Yeah. So uh, my father, when he worked with Aaron and Jimmy, was a little bit before I was born. So maybe, you know, I had some of that DNA given to me, but I didn't see too much of that. You know, my family, we did, they did separate, you know, early on. Um, So, you know, there was a distance factor but uh, still always being engaged i got to see my father when he was with the national team and and actually you know the most important thing was after college um, i graduated from ucf now in the big 12 so super super pumped about that but uh, i I moved to michigan and i started coaching and working under him um, and another uh, really great player and coach ed nagel uh, played at Michigan and, um, you know, was, was the coach at Kornikova for a while. So um, really got to work with, with those guys and, and watch and learn how they handled um, situations and training and private lessons and how to be on the road and and those things. So at a smaller level in the Midwest section, but still doing the same stuff that they learned over time. You know, my father at, at, at Boletari, um and, you know, Ed with his great background. So, you know, just really, I think it was a blank canvas and picking up, great things from all these other coaches around the country.
1: Hmm. Yeah, what a what an education. And so you spent most of your career in the private sector of of tennis. So why you didn't like you said, you didn't play college tennis. Why why bother making the move to the the college tennis game?
2: You know, I love the private sector. Uh it's it's a lot of on court hours. Um, I give respect to everybody that that continues to do it for 20, 30, 40 years. And we developed uh, in Southeast Michigan from 2011 to, to 2016 is when, when I was up there. We developed an unbelievable group of of young athletes, um, top national players, went on to play at, at uh, you know big time Division One schools, Division Three schools, and so I really just kind of felt like. Um, the motivation factor and the travel and the competition—that'd um, be a great sector for me to try. In fact, I had tried almost all of, of the industry uh, areas: country club, private, corporate, um, and they're all great. Everything, every um, sector has its its benefits and it has its you know negatives. Um, and so you try to build yourself up to you know take everything positive from it, and then you know put that in your own spin and your own identity. Um, And so I felt like I had learned enough throughout the time, whether it was social networking or how to teach a ladies clinic, you know, how to connect with, with a recreational player versus, you know, a guy who's a UTR 13 and a half, um, you know, or world world tennis number Um, you know, however we want to look at it. You know, those are the types of things that you build over time, you know, how to manage a program, um, how to travel on the road. What does a player, need or what was what should a player have before a match after a match uh in a practice you know so it was just a collection of ideas and and experience failures and success and uh and so I found myself you know finally looking at the college game
1: mm. and and Josh I'm always fascinated speaking with coaches who've come to it a, a little later because I'm a huge believer on, on gathering you know those experiences in your 20s uh, maybe it's in other industries. Maybe it's in other segments of 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 um, the tennis industry, um, because you know the pathway now is a lot of kids, uh, kids, student athletes graduate mm-hmm. and and become volunteers, and and then they're right into it, and um, that's that's I don't want to say it's the only world they know, but you know I, I guess there's pros and cons to both of it, and I'm I'm interested in what you think those pros and cons are. To coming to the career uh, of a col- as being a college coach later in your career,
2: yeah. So I was a little bit later. Um, graduate, graduated college uh, at 23. Um, I took a semester off actually when I was teaching and coaching, and, and wasn't really sure if you know, do I need to go to, to college? And and most of the people around me said, hey, go and finish. You know, and then when, once you get out, you know, you can really focus on on the the traveling and the and the teaching. You know, full time, and so. I, like I said before, you develop so many different skills on on how to handle relationships and how to be professional. Where those guys or even the women that come out of college, they're usually primed up and ready. But there's a lot that you still have to learn, you know, about you know what to say and what not to say, and and how to reach you know certain individuals. You're you're so close in age once you've graduated. So yeah. I wouldn't take anything back. I do think there is a route where you've just finished playing division one and you get right into division one coaching. Um, and it's a little bit harder. I I think once you're out for a long time to break into it, but it doesn't mean that it's easier or harder or better. Uh, everybody's a little bit different. You know, for me, I've managed a men's and a women's program. I've trained and player developed um, with, you know, utrs or world tennis numbers from 13 and a half 14 all the way down to five you know on in my program and so um sometimes those lessons are actually the best you know as with somebody who's who's willing to learn and listening to understand so you've just got to you've got to um communicate and and do things a little bit differently as you mature and so i think some of those lessons in the country club setting or the corporate setting have helped transition to my relationships with my players
1: Mm and And would you have any advice, Josh, if, if there is a coach, a uh, young coach who's listening to this and and got straight into the college game, what are some ways in which they can maybe broaden their scope, their their, you know, obviously they're they're lacking some experience, but are, are there other things they could do in the tennis industry? or there other things they could do on their campus, even you know, educationally, why maybe doing a master's, you know, I'm trying to think of ideas. I, I don't know what they are. It could be starting their own business or camp business or doing lessons. I mean, are there other things that they can be doing that can, in turn, then influence their job, make them better as a college coach?
2: You know, one thing that I really learned um, was uh, you don't know everything, you know, and you want to think that you did because you were a great player or, or, you know, you were on a certain program. And I think you've got to look back and say, how did I get there? You must have had great coaches along the way. You must have had a great support system to get there. And I think um, being receptive to um, helping yourself get better, you know, getting certified. I, I think that's a big one. I fought it for a long time to get USPTA and USTA uh, certified. And um, I actually did the program, the USTA High Performance, and it was excellent. I mean, it was yeah. so great. Spent a week down in Lake Nona. Um, the USTA player development team was so receptive. Um, and so. You know, I think those things when you you want professional standards and just try to continue to get better. Um, And your way might not always be the best. It might have worked for you. It might have worked for for people in your program, but it doesn't work for everybody. And each generation changes um, pretty drastically. And so when I started coaching in 11 to where uh, I'm recruiting the guys now, it's significantly different. They're looking for different things. They want to be treated differently. And that's okay. You know, you just have to be receptive and um, you, you've got to adapt, right? If you don't adapt, you you die, right? And so um, I think that finding constant uh, consistent ways to develop professionally will be really important.
1: Yeah, and if we don't, we're going to be replaced by the robots and chat, <laughs> e, etc. Please, so no, not yet. We gotta we gotta keep getting better. Um right. And Josh, did you find any aspects of the transition from the private corporate side of things into the college? you know, nonprofit side of things. I mean, that's, that's, that's a big adjustment where did you struggle with any of those?
2: You know, in the beginning
1: uh, you know, where we are, we're NAIA and,
2: you know, obviously there's, everybody's gonna have dreams and goals. Eventually I'd really like to get, you know, to the division one level at some point, um, you know, into a power five. I think you've got to have goals. You've got to have dreams. How do you get there? There's no clear path. Everybody's going to be different. Um, But uh, you know, uh, here is is recruiting. Uh, we do a lot of our eligibility. We do our fundraising. I do study hall. Um, so there was a lot of changes in what type of athlete I wanted versus what type of athlete I could recruit. You know, and so going from a program to where we had guys like um, you know Jack Murray who played at North Carolina and Max Fligner at Dartmouth, um, and and now Andrew Zhang at Duke. You know, that's all I kind of knew at the time. And Annika, you know, at North Carolina, there's so many, I can go on, you know, the list down. And so I'm used to that level. And now coming to Kansas Wesleyan and we're recruiting more of a student athlete, right. And, and somebody who wants to continue playing sport, that was definitely a challenge, you know, and, um, there are no free rides here, you know, you're paying to go to school. And so what do we offer at Wesleyan? What does this university offer? And I think, uh, that was definitely the hardest part the tennis was probably the easiest part
1: yeah yeah no makes sense and and just did you feel like you had a a good sense of what you were getting into when you accepted the job just like you said even you're you're running study hall were all these things explained to you before you accepted the job or was you you got in no
2: no it was uh it was kind of uh hey man we think you're going to do a really great job you've got a couple years to to Get this thing going. Um, I can't forget uh, Benji Jacobson at Tulane. Benji will be really upset. That's my dog. That's my boy. But but guys like that, you know, that we're used to playing at a high level and traveling. And now I'm recruiting, you know, American kids out of the Missouri Valley, you know, out of Kansas, Oklahoma, and Texas. Texas is not really Mo Valley, but for us, it's kind of that I-35 corridor. So you know, it was just it was just what program are we going to be? How do I establish a culture? And we want to be competitive. Nobody goes out to lose. You just don't do that. So we we want to compete. We want to give ourselves a chance to win. But we also have standards, you know, and, and every program across the country. I'm sure the the Power Fives and the Ivies are super selective of, of what they're doing, the caliber and the students. So kind of had the same mindset. Who are we? What is our brand going to look like? What can we do? What? How can I separate myself from, you know, a program that has seven, to ten conference championships, we have zero. You know, we've got a banner hanging in our gym that says 1949. I can't even find records on it. So, you know, like, can can I get someone to come in here and really buy into the program and be complete, and then can we get the results on the court?
1: Yeah, and and one of the things that you've infused within your your culture is just the the act of volunteering, and and your. You volunteered a huge amount of time around our, our recent NAI indoor championships. You serve on, on committees. You know, you've, you've found ways to give back to the sport of tennis. And then you've encouraged the same mindset in your players. Where, where does that come from? Why is that important to you?
2: Yeah, so some of our core values for the NAIA, one of them is servant leadership. Um, and that's one that's really taken to me because, you know, I couldn't get to where I am now without so much help whether it was parents or family or coaches, uh, you know, I was kind of one of those kids who was a club rat. Like, you know, at at one point it was, it was my mom and my brother and I, and wasn't a lot of private lessons. And it was like, Hey, go out and play those adults, go and play. And, And a lot of those coaches saw that. And, and, and I can't thank them enough for helping me at the time, you know, doing that. So for the, for the team and the guys that I have, they're so lucky they're at a private university. They get to continue playing college tennis um, we've got beautiful facilities. The university backs us up, so we've got to be able to give back. We we have to understand that you don't get where you are without a team of people, and some people you don't even realize how much they had helped you. And so, I don't really require much, but I want them to to be complete when they leave Kansas Wesleyan, whatever program I'm at. We have to understand that there's so much more in the small time we get together. You know, what can we do? What's our impact? You know, you never know what what a comment or a two hours at an elementary school or three hours at a nursing home will do to somebody's week or or month or year, you know? And so uh, the guys have been great. We won a community service award uh, a few years ago. We've we've done the regional community service award probably three or four years now. And so that's just big. Uh, and my grandmother, Grammy Claire, she was big on, on that and respect, you know? And so just taking a lot of the, the I was so lucky to grow up in the the household that i have um with my mother susie my stepfather joe and my father armand um you know and so now it's time to really um you know put some of that stuff back to to use and uh and the team had the guys have really rallied around
1: yeah very cool you've you fired me up i'm gonna go out and do some volunteering <laughs> this weekend. you got me going next uh, year
2: dave next year
1: oh uh, that's awesome um so yeah going back to the NAI uh, Indoor National Championships so this was the first year as I mentioned earlier something we've been talking about for for several years we've had at division 1 and division 3 our our indoor championships for for decades now division 2 uh commenced in in 2019 I believe 2020 um and naia uh were, were next on the list and you put your hand up um to be the host we had two bids come in you're one of them why bother like you've got all these things going on uh, as as a college coach um i think you do some some uh coaching on the side as well at a local club um why why go to the trouble of of doing everything that you had to do to make this event a success
2: yeah, uh, that's a great question, Dave. And looking back on it, what was I what was I thinking?
1: Um, but you know
2: uh, when I first got into to coaching here in the, in the KCAC, the NAIA, I had a few guys that were that were really receptive to me, you know and I think that was important. Justin Stuckey, he's now at St. Louis and Jason Spiegel, uh, he's at Love at Christian. Um, and those guys really helped me get involved in the committees and kind of giving back and, and building your network. And once we once I expanded the network, you know I got involved with the NAIA. Uh, and then the national championships in Mobile. And uh, I just felt like making the sport better was one of the number one reasons I got into coaching, you know. And so how can we make the experience better for the student athletes? How can we make tennis as a whole and the NAI better? Um, and then opening those doors, you know, I got to meet Chase, you know, at Gwinnett and, and Dan at Kaiser and Alan at Xavier um, and Tom Bates at Middle Georgia State. Like some of these great coaches that have been there a long time. And so the the indoors was actually an idea put together, you know, three, four years ago. And then obviously COVID hit, it stops the world and we revisited again. And with a couple of years of planning, we felt like a great event for the NAIA. Why are we different? We've got some of the same caliber players. You were there, you saw an elite level. You know, I'd love to see some crossover at some point between the top NAIA schools and the top NCAA schools just to see what it looks like different story maybe that comes down the line but what why can't we have why can't our student athletes have that same experience um, and then with the great leadership of the ITA we felt like this was going to be a success and and honestly it was a hit we opened indoor season uh a, a massive uh, win for Kaiser on both sides and so we feel like we're moving in the right direction you know and uh without an event like that, Gwinnett might still have 173 on the board and more, and and these these student athletes will go back and and that's a lifetime experience.
1: Yeah, no, it was a great great event, and and thank you, and and I think for us, we know, you know, I, I, as a coach, I mean, obviously, I hosted regionals and I hosted tournaments and things like that, and and I think sometimes if you haven't done those things, um, you don't fully appreciate everything that goes into making it happen. I mean. I think before this call, you were saying there was, you know, it 10 month prep time. You know, this isn't something you just whip together, you know, 48 hours before everybody got there. Yeah. And so, you know, firstly, thank you on behalf of the ITA. Thank you for, for all your efforts and, and, uh, the amount of hours your yourself and and liz your your girlfriend put in <laughs> leading up to the event you know those days are really long days I, I don't think a lot of coaches fully appreciate we were we've got d3 men's indoors this weekend we've got d2 women's indoors uh our staff are working you know 18 hour days you know three or four days in a row week after week during our indoor series so um thank you for giving up all that time but i know one of the things and one of the challenges are are costs. We 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 deal with it here at the ITA as well. It's it's where do we find the money to make all these things happen, be able to offer this, these type of programming, these these events. But you came up with some creative ways to raise the money to to put on a on a great event. Can you talk to us a little bit about that?
2: Well, I don't want to share too many of my, my secrets, you know, because eventually they're going to be confidential in, in a room, but uh, no, we, we you're exactly right. We had to really be creative, um, and find ways to, to raise money for an event like this. Don't get me wrong, Kansas Wesleyan, uh, big supporters of what we're doing here, at, uh, as far as the tennis program and our student athletes and the experience, um, because that's what they're going to take when they're they graduate and they're alums. Um, 20 years from now, I look back and man, we played in the national indoors or we hosted the ITA regional, but we did a few things. Uh, like a hometown sponsor is actually something I borrowed from my baseball coach, uh, Bill Neal, a great guy. I think he borrowed it along the lines, you know, way back when, but um, so it's a, it's a fee where um, it's a tax deductible donation and uh, we put your logo or your uh, business card or your website on our roster page, you know? So it's kind of like, Hey, I'm supporting um, Dave Mullins with, you know, my automotive shop. Um, And so it's a really cool opportunity for people to donate. They're actually getting something in return and they're supporting the university. So the other thing that we've done is a hometown sponsored doubles tournament. So we get the the community involved, Um, just depends on what facility, we've got a brand new 12 court facility that we're doing. And so each community member will will donate to the program to play in the event. It could be $10, it could be 50, it could be 100, whatever whatever you feel like you can do and, and help the program. Um, and then we'll have a night where we provide food and drinks and music and, and we'll just do a big mixer, you know, and, and do a, we'll, we'll end up with a champion. Usually the champion ends up pretty late, but uh, you know, you might say, Hey, I'd like to do, you know, $200 and I'd like to support Bryce Ware, our number one guy. And so um, just a couple of ideas like that. And, and over time we've built up enough um, momentum that it, it's really helped our program. And so, you know, some of those events like that, I'll just, I'll leave you with two. Uh, it's really helped us, you know. And for a small program like like Wesleyan here, you know, everything helps. You know, we raised uh, almost twenty-five thousand dollars this year um, to have this event and and to pay for indoor court time, to pay for our outdoor court time, um, for travel, and all those extra things that we provide.
1: Yeah. And with the the roster advertisement, ha- how long a period do they get to keep those details up? If it's Dave Mullins profile, is it just during the event? Okay, or we,
2: we can, yeah, we can make you one so you can have unlimited <laughs> time, uh, but it's usually a year. So each year, year. We'll, we'll go back and and okay. we've got a form and it's not, you know, hey, I'm asking you or I'm begging you for money. It's, it's hey, I'm, you know, Dave Mullins and I'm studying pre-med and this really helps me with my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going into coach's pocket. It's not going to the university it's it's going everything goes back to the student mm-hmm. um, and so it's a it's a very cool little concept um, I think people are very receptive to it I can't imagine what it would look like at a power five level or you know d two d three um your alumni bases are probably bigger and stronger but it's something that we've created here that uh, has really worked so far
1: yeah no what, what a what a great idea um so how might you then encourage coaches? We talked about the volunteering side of it, committees uh, hosting these events, uh, the fundraising. H- how would you encourage coaches to think beyond just their win, win and loss record? I know this time of year, it's really hard because you're, you're in the thick of it. It's dual match season. You want to get as many wins on the board as you can, but how can we get more coaches involved in giving their time back to the sport that as you said earlier has given them so much right they they didn't just land here they've had all these experiences all these people in their life uh people sacrificing things on their behalf so they could be in this position today and and how do we get more coaches uh thinking that way and putting their hands up to to do things that might be a little bit uncomfortable that might be difficult, that might be challenging, but will be very much worth it. I don't think you have any regrets with all the work you did to make that event possible. Yeah. I think you have nothing but, you know, uh, you know, pride and 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 happiness for for what you created for everybody there.
2: Yeah, you know, I think everybody's gonna be different. I, I can't imagine what the great Ty Tucker does at Ohio State. Um, or you know, I've developed a relationship with with Trip Phillips at North Carolina and and Coach Sam Paul, and those are legends in there. So I think their mindset's going to be a little bit different. You know, the wins and the losses. Um, for for me, it was more like, how do I build a culture? How do I build a program where these guys go back and and you know, 20 years from now, um, want to support Kansas Wesleyan or the program that I'm at? Um, and so you know, for us my success revolves around having a full healthy team graduating GPA. And what are we giving back? You know, now I think at some, some programs, um, at some levels, I think the wins and the losses is very big, but um, something I learned from the mentor program. One of the things I I got lucky enough. Thank you for pairing me with, with uh, the great coach, Peter, Wright. Um, He's been just outstanding for me and our relationship's awesome. And And I always ask him, I said, coach, how did you do it at Cal for so long and so well? And he said the first thing was culture, you know, and building the right culture and getting guys to come in and believe um, there's more than just the tennis and the results will follow. And so, you know, for me, that's kind of where where I'm at with Kansas Wesleyan. I think every program is going to be a little bit different, but I will say the common denominator has to be the culture. You know and what are you guys doing are, are whether it's ladies or men are, are you are they supporting each other are they hanging out together um are they studying together you know is it this constant I come in and I'm, I'm looking over my shoulder to transfer or is it like I love this place I want to be here um I, I want to be an alum and so it's it took time it took four years to finally get a class where you know we go to practice and it, they can't wait to get to practice you know f- for me everybody's a little bit different it might you know it might be easier for some coaches than others but I think that's, that's what, what the number one thing that I've done here and I've, I've been very proud of. Um, and I think the university has seen that uh, and are allowing us to do a national indoors, are allowing us to host the ITA regional. Um, our partnerships and the community are great. So um, again, I can't really speak for everybody else on the wins and the losses, but I think if you start from the inside out and you have good people, good things come.
1: Yeah, great advice. All right, well, we'll get into our standard rapid fire questions. What is the best piece of advice you've received from anyone in life? Hold on,
2: let me look at the questions.
1: Doesn't doesn't have to be tennis related. Yeah, uh, the
2: best piece of advice. You gave some advice. advice from
1: Peter Wright, so you can't repeat that.
2: Yeah, so wait, I want to shout out to uh, Grant Chen too. He's been super receptive. Uh, he helped me with indoors. I had some questions on, you know, hey, we're, we're tight on the funds. What can we do, um, you know, extra for the student athlete experience? And he and he was nailing it. And then, of course, you know, the very next week he puts on the Dallas Open, and it's like one of the it's going to be the fifth Grand Slam now or something. So probably, really, yeah, really, really pumped um, to to have relationships with with uh, Coach Wright and and uh, Grant, Coach Chen um, at SMU. But uh, best piece of advice: if you want to make everybody happy, sell ice cream. <laughs> save it.
1: That's great. Love it. Um all right. Is there a book, podcast, article, passage, poem that's influenced your professional career in any way?
2: You know, I've I've been big on YouTube lately, and <clears throat> I can read. Okay. No, I really can. But uh, you know, I, I'm better watching film and watching video. Um, uh, and so I watch a lot of background stories on uh it's really been Nick Saban a lot and Bill Belichick. I know they're football coaches, but they're just great minds. Um, and the way that they've built programs and where they've come from. Coach Belichick was was a, a son of a coach, you know, and and Coach Sabin was the son of a gas station owner. And it's like so you, it's so many different ways to get to the top. And both of them are at the top of their games and and their programs are just powerhouses and they're successful and they do it the right way. So honestly, really that I couldn't pinpoint a, an exact book, but just a lot of uh, YouTube films and bios.
1: OK. Was Belichick a great coach or was it just Brady?
2: <laughs> Come on.
1: <laughs> it's Belichick. All right. Um, do you have a favorite drill you like to do at your team?
2: Uh gosh, you know, there's so many. Um, we have a drill that I stole from um Ed Nagel. I don't know where Ed Nagel was a one of the top players at Michigan Big Ten history. And when I got to Michigan, he always did this uh game called 3v3. It's pretty simple. It's it's uh three on one side three on the other uh it's an approach track game down the line and you can play it cross court uh, it's one point get out of the way and it's super fast the guys are pumped it's loud a lot of tight points a lot of hooking. um so it's uh it's a very fun fast game for us
1: i know you're joking about the hooking um, <laughs> i wish i was yeah <laughs> and what is one lesson you hope your student athletes have learned by the time they have graduated
2: Uh, Just to appreciate people, you know, appreciate because we just, you know, you don't know how long you're going to have or with who or who you meet, or whose day you're going to impact and uh, appreciate what you have. And and I think if you go to practice and you go to class and you enjoy it, it starts to translate to your family life, uh, to your coworkers, to your staff, and um, hopefully that can, you know, um, be with people for a long time.
1: All right. You are off the, the hot seat, Josh. Great, great job. That was awesome. Um, learned, learned a lot. I'm excited to follow your career. And uh, thanks for all you've done for uh, the ITA and college tennis to date. I know you'll be given lots more for the decades to come. So well done and keep it up and good luck with the rest of the season. Great. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for your time.
0: Coaches, just a quick reminder that our ITA College Tennis Coaches Convention will be held during the NCA Combined Championships from May 17th to the 20th in Lake Nona, Florida. If you would like to learn more or register, please visit convention.itatennis.com. I hope to see many of you there.